0: I spent the last 10 years teaching corporate America leadership and teamwork. Now, I've left my 9-to-5 job to help as many people as possible become leaders in their work and personal lives. Some say leaders are born, but I say they're built. This podcast is the beginning of my mission to create change on a massive scale. Join me and follow along as we explore leadership, teamwork, and growth together. My name is Brian Rollo, and this is Lead with impact. Good day, everybody. This is Brian Rolo, and I am thrilled that you could find the time to join me today on Lead with Impact. In today's episode, I want to talk about the questions we need to ask ourselves when we get serious about measuring our team culture. In our last episode, we talked about having the willingness to look in that scary mirror and be willing to see whatever it tells us back, whether it's good, bad in the middle, to be willing to really get an honest look at where we are as a team. And that is not easy. A lot of people will never even get that far because the thought of getting that honest feedback, the thought of looking into that mirror, just a little too painful. I'd rather think that things are fine. So let's say you're willing to do it. You're willing to look into that mirror. You're willing to get honest feedback about what people really think. How do you do it? Well, we're gonna focus on some questions that you can ask of your team to really get a solid measure as to your state. And I, I like to incorporate a quote from Albert Einstein, at least it's attributed to him these days, who knows, but, This quote is uh, really relevant, I think. It says, If I had an hour to solve a problem, and my life depended on the solution, I would spend the first 55 minutes determining the proper question to ask. For once I know the proper question, I could solve the problem in less than five minutes. And that is so relevant to workplace culture, because once you know the questions to ask, the solutions will become evident. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, but the solutions will become evident. And then it is just committing to that process and putting those solutions into place and then remeasuring. So let's talk about those questions. And we're going to rely on data here. We're not going to guess. We're going to rely on research and data to formulate what the most effective questions to ask really are. A few years back, the Gallup organization conducted an incredibly exhaustive poll and research into productivity and workplace culture. And they interviewed 17 million employees and countless organizations, all in an effort to find out what the difference was between the highest performing, most profitable organizations and the lesser performing, less profitable organizations. And when they measured, they found that there were 12 questions that employees at the top companies could answer and could answer in a positive manner that team members and employees at lesser performing companies could not. So it became apparent that these questions formed the basis of a methodology that other companies could put into place to boost their productivity. So we're just gonna talk for the next couple of episodes about those 12 questions. So I'm gonna run through them and we'll talk about each one a little bit at a time. And we'll get through maybe the first four today. So the first question that employees at the top organizations could answer positively is, do you know what is expected of you at work? Now that seems like a no brainer, right? We think, of course, people know what's expected of them. They come to work every day, they hang out, they get paid, they must know what's expected of them. But, you'd be surprised, not everyone did. Employees at underperforming organizations did not really know, because they did not have communications with their direct manager, or the managers above them. So they were not clear at all on expectations. And, of course, if you're not clear on expectations, it becomes a little difficult to deliver. So, question number one, do you know what is expected of you at work? A simple, simple question that seemingly can be fixed by communication. Question number two, do you have the materials and equipment to do your work right? Now, have you ever been asked to do a job? And not have the right equipment? Maybe you wanted to mow the lawn, but the lawnmower was broken? You can't use the shovel no matter how much you'd like to. You need the lawnmower, or at least some form of lawnmower, to do the job. Now imagine if we had people in our workplace or on our team who felt like they did not have the necessary tools to do their jobs correctly. And again, this might seem so simple as to be crazy, but How many of us have gone and found that team members have invented their own workarounds to methodologies or technology that don't seem to work the way they should? And they might have reported it to somebody and it got shuffled away somewhere, so people start inventing their own ways. And before long, they are taking five steps to do something that should be done in one step because they do not have the proper technology to be able to do their jobs correctly. So question number two, simply, do you have the tools? Do you have the materials and equipment to do your job correctly? Question number three, at work, do you have the opportunity to do what you do best every day? Do you have the opportunity to do what you do best every day? You know, sometimes we think if we give two people a job description, they both better do the job the exact same way, and they both better do the job in the exact same order that's listed in the job description. No matter the fact that one of them may be very skilled at one part of the job and lesser in another, and another employee might be the exact opposite. How many times do we expect those square pegs to fit into round holes even if they don't? High-performing organizations talk to their employees, they work with their employees, and they see what they do well and then they adjust. Rather than saying someone's not a fit because they can't do this part of the job, let's focus on what they can do and let them do it. One of the things this Gallup poll really reveals is that it is much more profitable to focus on what people do right than try to fix what they do wrong. So it's much more profitable to see someone who does task A really well and say, all right, spend 80% of your time doing task A, rather than trying to force them to come excellent at task B, which may not just be in their skill set. Question number four. Here's a big one. In the last seven days, have you received recognition or praise for doing good work? And I love this one because it's so specific. And... If you look into this study, you'll see they played with that time frame. They asked some people, in the last 10 days, have you received recognition? In the last one day, have you received recognition? And they looked at all the data from all the different questions, and they figured out that seven days is really the sweet spot. If somebody felt like they had received recognition or praise in the last seven days, it stayed with them. They didn't necessarily need it to be every day. In the past seven days worked fine, but much longer than that, and people started to lose engagement. So, in the last seven days, have you praised people on your team? Have you found out one thing that each person is doing and recognized them for doing it? A great way to keep people engaged. Put that clock on your calendar in the last seven days. Question number five, I said we'd only do four, but you know what, I think we got time for six today, so let's go four. Question number five, does your supervisor or someone at work seem to care about you as a person? Does your supervisor or someone at work seem to care about you as a person? Now this one really, uh, this one really hits home for me. You know, when I first started out in management, there was a management theory that went around, and I think it still is, that said managers must maintain a certain distance from their staff, and they should not be friendly. They've got to keep that boundary, and you're the employee, and I'm the manager, and that's that. Even to the point of telling people if they were friendly with someone before they became manager, they had almost cut those ties. This question, and this research, turns that on its head. Because it says, if someone can answer the question positively, does your supervisor or someone at work seem to care about you as a person? It skyrockets engagement and thus productivity. And in the absence of that, in the absence of the supervisor caring about them as a person, if they don't get that feeling, if they get the feeling they're just a tool, another brick in the wall, as Pink Floyd liked to say, they're going to be less engaged. And it's interesting, too, here that it says, does your supervisor or someone at work? So as leaders, as leaders, we may be the supervisor, but you can be a leader, as you know, even if you're not the supervisor. That's a whole other discussion, but leadership is not a title. So it can be anybody. Certainly more powerful if it comes from the supervisor, but it can be anybody taking that role of keeping that person engaged. And question number six, last one we'll talk about in today's episode, sort of closely linked to question five. Question six is, is there someone at work who encourages your development? So this one all ties into career paths and the employee's future rather than the present. Because it's talking about their development. In other words, are we helping them grow? There's other studies that you can research, and we'll talk about in this Gallup poll also that one of the biggest motivators for people at work is a sense of progress. Not the paycheck, not the foosball table, not casual Friday. One of the biggest motivators, if not the biggest, is a sense of progress. Am I moving in the right direction or am I static? When you're static, there's no way you can stay engaged for too long. It's Groundhog Day. Every day, day after day, year after year. Nobody's going to stay super engaged when that happens. But if there's a sense of progress, if there's a sense of moving towards a goal, if there's a sense of self-improvement, that keeps us engaged. That keeps us wanting to contribute more. It keeps us wanting to give more of ourselves. So as a leader, that's on us. That's on us to be that person who encourages their development. And that's not necessarily easy because sometimes... Sometimes that takes an unselfish mindset because if you see people as pawns in your personal game of corporate chess, you may not encourage their development. You may be happier than them staying right where they are because they're doing a good job. And your life is easier when people stay where they are. But encouraging their development, that's a gamble. Because that's a gamble. They may grow to the point where they progress Maybe even out of your team. Maybe to a different management role. Who knows? Maybe even to a different company. It's the chance you take. But when you encourage development, what you can guarantee is they will be better for you in the moment. Because they are going to be more engaged and they are going to give more of themselves. So we have six questions. I'll run through them once more. Question one. Do you know what is expected of you at work? Number two. Do you have the materials and equipment to do your work right? Number three, at work, do you have the opportunity to do what you do best every day? Number four, in the last seven days, have you received recognition or praise for doing good work? Number five, does your supervisor or someone at work seem to care about you as a person? And number six, is there someone at work who encourages your development? These are the questions we have to ask, at least half of them. So start thinking about that if you're a leader. Start thinking about how your people would answer those questions. And you can just sort of hang on to that until tomorrow when we talk about questions 7 through 12. In the meantime, you can contact me at brian at brianrolo.com or on any of the social media sites you will find if you go to brianrolo.com, R-O-L-L-O. If you found us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, please like us, leave a review, subscribe, whatever you can do, and those mediums would be greatly appreciated. We're trying to engage with you, so I want to provide content that helps you. So if you like it, subscribe, and uh, again, let me know what we can do more of. i got some great interviews coming up too, by the way. So I appreciate that all. And also, I'm working on a website for the podcast that should be up Hopefully not in the too distant future. So instead of sending you to my personal website, we'll send you over to the podcast website. So stay tuned. Good things coming. I appreciate you hanging in. Hope you gained value from it. It means the world to me. Go out there, have a great day, and lead with impact. I'll talk to you tomorrow.